Good evening, fans, and welcome to the Hagerstephan Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we are live at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. I'm Rex Brewer, along with Dane Filling, and uh, we're still waiting for our special guest to show up. But uh, for right now, uh, we're lined up. We do our show in five sections. We do the weigh-ins, first period, second period, third period, and overtime. Dane, a uh, little bit of uh, kind of a wrapping up the season here. The semi-state, uh, not a lot of dual meets to talk about, but uh, I guess... What do you have on store for us tonight? Well, we'd like to talk, um, well, about our special guest if he appears <laughs> here in the weigh-in section. But uh, we'll have a little bit of conversation about what it's like the week leading up to state, uh, a, definitely a different set of practices. And then we'll recap uh, yesterday or Saturday's semi-state and the results, not only at Fort Wayne, but across the state. And then we'll talk with our special guest, Barry Humble, uh, during the second period and uh, his view on what happened on Saturday as he was there and talk a little bit about his role in starting the Adam Central program and some of the other experiences that he has in wrestling. And then in the third period, we will take a look at the state brackets and specifically those wrestlers from the Adams, Wells, and Jay County schools. And we will take a look at uh, team scoring and maybe make a couple of predictions. And then we have the schedule for WCBD the rest of the week. And we uh, will... Like I said, pick some uh, state champions. So with that, uh, we do have a trivia question in mind. Why don't you roll out the trivia question there for us? Well, our question is, we all know that Barry Humble started the program at Adams Central. And then um, more recently, most of us remember Barry wearing purple with his cowboy boots on the mat at New Haven but, uh, and finishing up his career at South Adams. But he did have one short stint in between his Adams Central time and his time at New Haven. So we want to know what school did Barry Humble coach at in between those two stops. The years were 94 through 96. And uh, if you would uh, want to call in with your answer to that trivia question, the number to call in uh, is 589-9300. That's 589-9300. And uh, Steve Rouse, uh, our studio engineer, running a board for us, will take those answers to your trivia questions. So with that, we're going to take our first break, run it back to the studio for a round of messages for our Sponsors played at the studio. We'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. You'll find a full range of orthopedic care close to home at Adams Memorial Hospital with Dr. David Coates and PA Aaron Whitman demonstrating superior results relative to patient safety and experience. Dr. Coates and his team offer a full range of orthopedic procedures and treatment options for adults and pediatric patients with outstanding outcomes and low complication and infection rates. And individualized patient-centered care results in high patient satisfaction. Call 728-3900 to schedule. Adams Memorial. Experience ortho excellence. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. 
Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. When you need auto parts and you need them now, go to O'Reilly Auto Parts on South 13th Street in Decatur across from Kroger's. O'Reilly has parts for your car, truck, van, farm, and heavy-duty equipment. Unsure of what you need? Talk with O'Reilly's parts professional, Eddie Morrison, and he'll steer you straight. O'Reilly service is second to none with six delivery drivers and five distribution centers to draw from. The right parts at the right price at O'Reilly Auto Parts in Decatur and Burn. Throwing a party? Call Adams County Tent and Party Rental to make it a very special occasion. Adams County Tent and Party Rental has free delivery on tents, tables, chairs, linens, and bounce houses for weddings, birthday parties, graduations, retirement luncheons, and business meetings. No event is too big or too small for Adams County Tent and Party Rental. Call Landon at 223-2040 or like them on Facebook. Wrestlers looking for summer work? Give Adams County Tent and Party Rental a call today. Cross Creek Golf Club, located on US 224, below the Double Eagle Restaurant Indicator, is your destination for family fun this spring. Play Cross Creek's 27 holes, now featuring an Executive 9 and a Championship 18. The Pro Shop is open from noon until 5, Tuesday through Thursday. Call Dennis today or stop in to purchase a membership with many options available. Join a league. Get your kids started playing in Cross Creek's Junior Camp. Check out the discounted 10 play passes now on sale. It's all happening at Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur. Welcome back to the Hager Seppin Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Once again, we are live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill this week. Uh, Rex, we're along with Dane Filling, and still waiting for our special guest to show up. And uh, so we're into the uh, the weigh-in section is over. We're into the first period now, and... Uh, one of the things that Dane has on schedule for us here is uh, semi-state thoughts and results. And I'll tell you what, Dane, uh, there's a lot of great wrestling that happened on uh, Saturday and uh, maybe some upsets uh, that uh, people were really surprised by, but uh, a lot of uh, great wrestling uh, nonetheless. And uh, it was actually they, they ran it through quite quickly. We got done earlier uh, Saturday than, than normal. It definitely felt like we got out of there earlier than I had expected. But uh, still a long day, but a lot of fun. You know, when they added that fourth placer from regional, you kind of thought that it was going to extend the day by a whole lot. But really, it just gives, you know, another 56 kids the chance to wrestle at semi-state. And, and it, it, it definitely doesn't make the top four going on to state worse. If anything, it tosses that one extra kid in there who may be able to uh, give Fort Wayne a better chance at, at having more placers at state. And I think uh, as you look at some of the big matches that happened Saturday, maybe some of the disappointments that uh, we thought uh, we totally lost William Feaktor's go-to-state round. Or not the go-to-state round, the semifinal round. The next round, uh-huh. the quarter, we lost it. He, we looked up, and it, we couldn't see it on, and he went, and he got beat by Ulrich, and we was like, how did that happen? We totally missed it. We, we, we were saddened by it, and we were really surprised that Ulrich beat him because Ulrich's got like 10 losses on the uh-huh. season. But um, Feaktor comes out takes third, and actually gets a better draw than if he would have took second. Yeah, and I think the cool thing for Alex Curry, who ends up having maybe the best day of any Adams County wrestler, he he comes through, he wins semi-state, and I wrote in the paper today, he didn't win conference, he didn't win sectional, he didn't win regional. He didn't even go 4-0 at team state, but yet he walks out of the Coliseum as a semi-state champ. And I talked to a couple people 
And uh, they talked to Alex afterwards, and he didn't even know that Fichter had lost. I mean, I think he was focused on beating him, and I think, I think personally that, that he would have had Fichter's number even if they would have met in the finals. You know, for the regional, AJ and I both talked, he'd gotten closer and closer. He's figured out different things that he can do to prevent Fichter's you know, signature duck under the high crotch and uh, things like that. But I think probably one of the biggest surprises, biggest updates, and uh, it was my biggest take-my-headphone-off-and-scream moment at Saturday at the Summit State was the big headlock that A.J. Dahl hit on Cheats, and he he launched him. His feet flew off the ground, and, and it was just this big power headlock. So apparently Columbia City had not scouted A.J. Dahl because your picture in the paper here has the aftermath of yeah. it. But uh, – the actual throw itself was incredible. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. And unfortunately for us, we were sitting right next to Columbia City uh, <laughs> in their Facebook feed. So you're getting two different uh, opinions of it. But, uh, you know, the picture that I had uh, before that was, of course, Dahl in a single leg with his, with his ankle up over his opponent's uh, shoulder and then a hand in the face. And as soon as he brought his foot down to the mat, after he'd pushed his face away, he went straight to the head, and, and Sheets went flying. And Sheets was 40-something in two and was no slouch. But I tell you what, if you tie up with Dahl, that's what's going to happen. I love your caption on that photo as well on Twitter. And it stated, just where you think where you, you have me where you want me. Yeah, that's exactly, and that's exactly where <laughs> they want him. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, if uh, the boys from Chesterton – do uh, any scouting of AJ and uh, check out the burn witness to see exactly what he's all about because he's got an undefeated young man from Chesterton in the uh, on Friday night. Well, it's one of those things you look at that 145 pound weight class. We knew that as a stud loaded class all year long, and the three of the four Adams County wrestlers make it out of there. And uh, I think Dahl's kind of the uh, kind of the uh, unknown, kind of the uh, lucky draw out of that. But uh, one big move put him into that. But I tell you what. Most of his losses this season have been to Fichter and Curry. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, those are the guys who have seen him the most. And, and Curry knows not to tie up with them. And beyond that, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But definitely looking forward to him. Uh, like we said, the 145-pound weight class, uh, our sectional gets three guys through, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Ike Rubel uh, pinned uh, everybody, it seemed like. Pinned his way through. Everybody in the first period and. Uh, Ike is definitely one of the top five guys, and I think those top five are going to end up finishing top five the way the draw came out. And uh, hopefully for, her, for Ike, he's in the, in the top four or the top two. Now, probably, probably the unknown that we were worried about is that Martin kid from Western. His, uh, he actually took Ike down and got in a scramble, got taken down with Ike. Oh, maybe this kid's going to challenge him. No, Ike it, re- it made him mad. Ike reversed him, put him his back, and pinned him. And it's like, okay, don't take him down because that just makes it worse. So. Yeah, and I've been telling a couple people the last two weeks that it's starting to get a feeling a little bit like John Sheets' freshman year, where John lost a couple of matches against some older guys. He 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 was touted, but then he kind of got lost in the shuffle. It's not like anybody didn't think that John Sheets was going to place that year, but I'm not sure how many people really thought that he was going to end up winning. And, you know, you look at the rankings and you want to go off of those and you say, well, Ike, he'll get to here and then he'll face one of those top three guys. You don't know. He may never, he may never end up facing one of those three guys. And, you know, in, in uh, John Sheets' uh, story, he got to the finals and, 
he had one of the easier opponents of the day, I feel like, if I remember right. And he didn't have the big names that had beaten him earlier in the year, beating the kid from Goshen for the finals. And, you know, 20 years later, maybe Belmont ends up with another state champ at the, at the lowest weight. You know, if, if you look at this bracket, if we're going to start there at 106 pounds, Ike Rubel probably got the best bracket draw of anybody in this half of the state. If you look at it, I mean, he has Lowry in the top half of bracket for Ron Colley, who's a freshman undefeated at 36-0, but he's ranked number five, so not knowing who always wrestled. But, you know, Malat's decent at, at, from East Noble could push him. But uh, I think all the studs are in the bottom. You know, Shunday, Miller. You, you can't ask for much more than to be the highest-ranked guy in your half of the bracket. Yeah, the top you know, half. <laughs> when, it, when, it, when it comes down to it. So uh, I also wanted to mention, I thought Silas Loshi wrestled a really nice match in the first round. Uh, a lot of people were picking Cooper Baldwin from Peru, and um, Loshi gets the pin and uh, advances to the ticket round. So a good season for, for the freshman there. Dobie Litchfield really wrestled well against a guy that he had already seen from Cherubusco, and he advances to the ticket round for the second straight year. Dobie was feasting uh, on concession food after he lost in the second round, and then uh, after... Um, I'm trying to remember who beat him in the in the finals. Stroud. 126 Stroud. Stroud won in the semifinals, then Stroud got to the finals, and I told my wife, well, I can't wait to see the look on Dobie's face when he realizes he's the alternate. <laughs> and then I got to class today, and the first question that he asked me was, now, how, do you, how does this alternate thing work? When will I find out if I'm – I said, well, they're not going to pull you out of the stands Friday at 5.30 and say, hey, go stand on the scales. No. You're going to know by Thursday at yeah. the latest. Or you're going to stand down there and wait by the weigh-in room. <laughs> and when they call out who's the alternate for 126, do you go in? I mean, there's sometimes there's just kids show up, and there's kids that have placed at the state finals that just showed up by the weigh-in room and hang out by the door, and they say, hey, I'm the alternate for this, and if it comes up, and it, it works out, and they have placed in the state finals that way. Uh, another great win, I thought, for Belmont. Alec Mowry was 5-25 and 25 or 5-26 and 26 last year and advances to the ticket round this year. And to be real honest with you, the only thing that changed this year was his confidence. And I think last year he came in at 160 and then dropped to 152 when John Rubel switched weight classes. Um, he just kind of got beaten down at the beginning. He started out 1-10, and 1-11, and 11, and I just think he got into his head that he wasn't very good. But you talk to any of the coaches and in the, in the, in the wrestling room, he's, you know, he's one of the best guys up there in that sophomore class. And uh, I was really glad to see him get that win. I know a lot of people will think, well, what's the difference between making first round and second round? But I think that's going to give him a lot of confidence for next year. And, I mean, he's definitely, obviously, and if you look statistically, a guy who makes the ticket round one year, it's sort of like a magic, it's a mark. You don't see those guys become, you know, sectional sixth placers the next year. They don't become regional qualifiers the next year. Ticket rounders one year are Generally, semi-state or ticket qualif- or ticket rounders the next year, and a lot of guys, that's where they make that jump to state qualifiers. And you and I had that conversation after his match that you felt that that was one of the best matches he wrestled all season. Technically sound, great movement, and just hung in with a match with a really tough kid mm-hmm. that uh, he wrestled really well against. Yeah, and, uh, and, and he, he worked three takedowns and, and, and hung on for the 7-4 to four win. Uh, Isaac Freak gets knocked out by Isaiah Levitz. Isaiah Levitz very well could be this year's state champ at 160 pounds. So there's not a whole lot that Isaac could have done there. Um, Carter Seifring's career ended against uh, Joe Parrish, who then got upset in the next round. Uh, Blake Hirely made it to the um, t- 
ticket round with a win over a Northwestern wrestler, and he is also also the alternate at 182 pounds because um, Jake Lone was the winner instead of Mason Winter at 182 pounds. And uh, Christian Somerset, I thought, wrestled really, really well. I thought he was in a position to beat the kid from Northridge. Uh, it, he gets taken down. The kid from Northridge bars his arm back behind, and he, he kind of got caught, and eventually he was forced with the – the, the decision, if I'm going to get out of this, I'm going to have to send my body weight across his body. And when he did, his arm kind of stuck, and I think he really hurt his shoulder. And he was, I mean, there were tears coming out of his eyes after they restarted and a really gutsy performance to, to stick with it uh, and keep wrestling. And I was sitting right in front of him, and he was looking, <laughs> it looked like he was looking at me when he was, when it, you could tell that he was about ready to cry because the pain was so bad. And I remember looking across at Jesse Gaskell going, this isn't good. Like, he's, he's really in a lot of pain. And, and the bad thing is, and AJ and I even com- commented on it, the official on the mat let it go yes. too far. He was not in a position to stop it. He just let it run, and then he oh, – He was he ready would, to call it, but he wasn't ready to physically stop it. And yeah. If he would have, I think Somerset is a state qualifier. Yeah, and I, I think he just – a bad referee and uh, positioning cost Somerset what could have been his trip to the state finals. I agree. And then, obviously, we get into the ticket round and, the, and some of the semifinal matches. A lot of people were disappointed that, that Kyle Lawson had built that lead against Elijah Chacon, and, and he just didn't wrestle him on his feet. But, you know, we'll find out. Very well, you could have Kyle Lawson on the medal stand and Elijah Chacon not. So we'll take a look at that when we get to the state brackets in the third period. But Kyle comes back, fights for third, and... Um, he dominates the kid's me side. Agreed, yes. And here is our... Our special guest that we'll get to here shortly. We'll give him the, the headset and put a, a set of brackets in front of him. And we may ask him for his opinion. Maybe the most talked about match in the whole tournament was the 152-pound ticket round match between Josh Beeks and Aiden Hardcastle. And there's a lot of talk about it uh, online and uh, as Coach Humble joins us here. So to give our uh, listeners an update, Beaks and Hardcastle go out of bounds, I believe, about 20, 25 seconds in. They go back to the mat or to the center, and Beaks hears the whistle from mat three and goes and shoots in on Hardcastle, who's just sort of defenseless because he, he, he was looking at the referee, who obviously hadn't blown the whistle. And Hardcastle goes down, hurts his knee, and they signal a caution on beaks and after 90 seconds the referees come back and they raise Hardcastle's hand and he had never even scored a point in the match they didn't give a penalty point to beaks it was just a caution and uh, I know Ryan Landis argued with um, Kurt Crouch and the other official until he was blue in the face but it yeah Jimmy Gigling was actually the official on the mat and from everybody that I've talked to it sounds like the officiating was correct there wasn't much they could do other than change once they called a caution about the only thing they could have done is not call a caution, and that's not really the right thing to do in officiating. Once you make a call, you've got to stand by it on a judgment call like that because what else are you going off of? Well, here, let's, I'm going to give you the referee's part of it. Number one, if I'm the referee and I see a kid go on a false whistle and I hear that whistle go, it's my responsibility to say, no, he went on that whistle. And it happened like three times in the other match on the other side, and they called it every time and, and they stopped it. Now, after it's moved that, past that point and they've called the illegal hold, it goes to Coach Humble's idea. Barry, what do you coach your kid to do? Hardcastle definitely was hurt. 
He come up. He was writhing in pain. Okay, he settled down a little bit. What do you do as a coach? That's that's the coach's call. That's the ethical call. That's what all the hubbub's been about. That's a, a very difficult situation to deal with. Um, I'm going to go back before I give my comment. Um, I, I made this comment that uh, I talked with Ryan quite a bit at, later. And um, my, my take on it is that um, I would have liked to seen uh, Mr. Gagline call it on me. And then, then there's no other decisions. If the young man decides that he can wrestle, he can wrestle. If he decides he can't, he can't. And it's not one of these things like what what have you. Obviously, the young man was good. He won the semi-state. I think Ryan's point was, and a coach point, we, we'd like to see, we'd like to be able to chance to wrestle. Now, what do you do after the kid goes down? Well, my past experience has been to um, – uh, refer to the trainer uh, or the medical authorities. They've got, they have something, I mean, they should be able to say, because I don't like the idea that people are looking at necessarily at the coach and saying he's taking a dive. Um, nobody's really said that, but in the background, that's. Oh, yeah, they did. I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, I don't think that young man would had intentionally done that, but I do know this, that immediately when he went down, the Oak Hill coaches were going over there and they wanted the penalty and they, un- they understood what the situation yeah. was. Yeah. So here's what I'd like to have seen. And uh, I hate to bring this one up, but it's, it's been in my mind <clears throat> from a long time from uh, Rex's alma mater, uh, the, the uh, Mankey situation. Yep. And what I would have liked to have seen was that if that kid couldn't go on is that he says, okay, Start the match, blow the whistle, I'm done. In my, in, in my 25 years of refereeing, I have had coaches, many coaches do that, knowing that, hey, I'm not going to let my kid take a win when he doesn't deserve a win. You have a handful of coaches, and I can pick them out and say, I know what that coach is going to do. It, so they gave us an opportunity back in the day when there was two minutes recovery time and two minutes injury time. If, a, if an illegal hold happened, you could blow the whistle and stop it and not make a call. Mm-hmm. And you start the clock and say, you got two minutes on the clock. You're going to let it run. And the coach says, was it illegal? Was it a penalty or is it not? It's like, I'll let you know in two minutes. <laughs> Can he go in two minutes? You have to decide. I'm not going to play my hand to let you know what I'm going to call. So you're going to have to decide. You're either going to wrestle or you're not going to wrestle. And you tell me you're going to wrestle, then I'm going to tell you what the call is, and then it's going to end that way. And it takes the blind out of it. Well, when they went to in minute and a half injury time, you have to declare. Either start a two-minute clock or a minute and a half clock. So you've already made your decision to say it's recovery time, it's injury time, and then it lets the coach decide, okay, am I going to get us? Because Hardcastle limped off the mat pretty hard. Yes, he did. He did. He was injured, okay? Mm-hmm. You come back out next round, he wrestled like a champ. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, did he get better? Did he shoot him up with something to numb his knee? I don't know, but he wrestled three more matches really well. Yeah, it was a difficult uh, situation, and, you know, the hardest part is that Beeks is a senior. He's got three buddies that he's spent his whole life wrestling with. They're all going to state, and he's not. But I'll tell you you what. You feel bad for the kid. Because Hardcastle comes out as a champ, and he's got a great draw, and he's going to be fine for Friday, and Beeks is going to have to watch from the stands. But here's, here's, the, here's the real rub on it. After that happened, the other three of his buddies 
did not wrestle well. Exactly. They, they mentally and were out of the game. They had watched that happen. They were on a high. All three of them lost. And it's like, you know, would they have won if they were riding that wave and he won and all four of them were going? I think it may have been a little bit different. That could just be my opinion. Oh, I would 100% agree. And uh, even Coach Landis made the comment. He says, I should be happy about having three young men qualify for the state, but but I got a sickness in my stomach. There's a black cloud over the whole team. Yeah. The, the, the moment that stuck out for me was after everything had happened and they had declared the winner and Ryan had ended his <laughs> argument with Kurt was he saw – Beaks sort of slump down and start crying mm-hmm. over in the stands up against the boards. And it, it, was, it gave me goosebumps. Ryan went up to him and lifted him up and wrapped his arms around him mm-hmm. and let, the, let the, his tears, you know, fall into his chest. And I just uh, – was a, after having Ryan on last week as a guest, uh, it just really demonstrated how good of a coach he is and, and, and what he means to, to, those, to those four boys. And um, one of the things I want to talk about, uh, Coach Humble, uh, throughout the throughout the week, I started thinking about it. A lot of people don't know that Barry Humble is Wrestling Coach University. <laughs> okay, and I, I tweeted out how many wrestler wrestling coaches has Barry Humble bred in his days, and and did you did you stop and think of how many? Wrestling coaches that either wrestled for you or coached under you, do you have out there still working today as coaches? Well, there's, uh, I think there's at least, there's at least 13 head coaches, maybe more, but I I think that many. And I can't tell you how many assistants in junior high, and I I have no idea. I really don't. Um, (laughs) It makes me feel... um, makes me feel very proud that I didn't screw them up, that they still want to be involved in, in wrestling. Um, I, I, think, I think that uh, the idea is to create an environment where kids have a chance to be successful, and they want to pass that on. And, you know, Jeff McCullough wrestled for me and then uh, went over and coached at Miss Senewal, and now he came back to AC and coached middle school, and now he's a high school principal. Um, he, he said something to me that was kind of interesting is that one of the guys that he coached at Miss Senewal became a coach after him. And um, I, I guess it's not a pyramid scheme in the negative sense, but it is a pyramid scheme in, in the positive sense that a kid thinks so much about it that he wants to go on and to do it again and uh, – um, I, I'm, I'm grateful for these young men. Uh, just, you know, like Saturday, um, the fielding kid from uh, Garrett, I coached his father at, at uh, New Haven. Mm-hmm. And so we had a chance to talk afterwards. And um, this Clayton is is a spinning image of how his father was in in high school. And his father coached, uh, coached at Garrett. So uh, it's just kind of... I don't know. Uh, it, it's just a good thing. All I right. appreciate you asking about that. Well, I, I thought about that. And you've put a layer to it. It's not just coaches. It, that's called a tier two coach. If you create a coach and then he creates a coach, like I said, it's a pyramid scheme to build on. But uh, Well, you can go. Th- this is kind of interesting. <clears throat> Eric Myers at Jay County and Ryan Landis at Southern Wells were my last bunch of young men 
that were in our uh, elementary program at AC my la- when I finished up at, at AC. And here those two guys are. <laughs> well, uh, Definitely a big impact. Um, we're going to talk more about semi state brackets and the pairings and stuff, but uh, let's take a short break now. We're going to send it back to the studio, run around a message, and we'll come back with the official second period, and we'll start our interview with uh, Coach Barry Hummel right after this. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur off of 224. Like us on Facebook or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers. Hey, Indiana High School wrestling fans, this is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. When it comes to excavating, the name to know is Luganville Excavating. Luganville Excavating can do total site development, dig your basement or pond, put in your septic system, even grade and install your driveway. Call today at 849-0251 or like them on Facebook. Luganville Excavating has 40 years of experience, gives free estimates, and guarantees all of their work. When it comes to the dirty work, Luganville Excavating will get her done. Give Brent a call today. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Stephanie Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek, live from Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill again this week. Rex Brown, Dean Filling, and our special guest, Coach Barry Humble. And we're going to give a little reminder, a little hint on that uh, trivia question. Nobody's called in yet that I have the answer for. Coach Barry Humble coached at Adam Central. He coached at 
New Haven. He went, ended at South Adams. And the question is, where else did he coach? And he's added another one. So there's two possible answers to this. But uh, I'll text Steve the other possible answer. But uh, one of those po- possible answers we're looking for, they wear green uniforms. So. <laughs> Uh, Rex, we also want to remind our listeners that we've got a very special show on Friday afternoon live from Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Before you and AJ go on the air down in the arena, uh, you and I and Mike Reiser and a, a, a great list of guests are going to be live overlooking the lobby of Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Uh, we're going to try to be on the air between 3.30 and 3.45, and we'll be on the air until about 5 so we can move all our equipment down into the main arena. But uh, right now, we, uh, I got a call from Mike Gable earlier in the uh, day, and he was talking about how much he loves our show, Rex. Really? And uh, he said something that I thought was really striking and I think we all should be commended for. He said that he wished that Evansville had the kind of support from their city that Decatur gives uh, Belmont and, and other area programs. And you know, I thought look, that that was great. Look at the size of the city of Evansville compared to the size of the city of Decatur and surrounding area. I mean, we have good sponsors that go down into southern Adams County. We've got sponsors from Jay County, Wells County, um, lots of good sponsors in the area. So it's, it's an area effort, but it's nowhere near the population size of Evansville by far. Mm-hmm. I will also be joined by uh, what I think is going to be the best interview, and that's Kevin Whitehead, who's been calling the uh, state finals for decades uh, and is going to be a great interview to listen about his experiences. Uh, he doesn't even live in Indiana anymore. He lives, I think, on the other side of the river in Louisville. But uh, I think we're also going to have an official at some point up from uh, weigh-ins for a couple of minutes. And Nick Krause, the uh, head coach at Garrett, is uh, going to talk to us about what it's like to prepare a wrestler to uh, wrestle not only at state but under the lights as he had Mr. Fielden um, last week. So, uh, Coach, as we start our uh, interview, I was at Adam Central yesterday for a uh, uh, softball letter of intent signing, and I dropped by the room and talked to Coach Curry, and they were down to two boys in the room. But it was just Alex. You know, he's the only wrestler left for Adam Central, and a couple of buddies. And uh, tell us a little bit about what that's like that last week. Of course, up until 2012 or 2013, from a Belmont perspective, a lot of years, you still had the whole team wrestling because you had team state and that was still a part of it. And that made a big difference. But for most other teams, you know, a lot of guys are ready to move on to their spring sport. Um, and the, the, the wrestling room gets smaller and smaller and smaller because they've been there since the beginning of November. But uh, how do you prepare in this final week? You know, there's no practice on Friday. There's not a whole lot of new things that you're going to teach uh, your guys. What do you do in those last four days? You have to be careful you don't overcoach uh, your kid. Um, the, the, I, one of the, the difficulties is is difference between having just one and having two or more. Um, it kind of spreads it out, although sometimes when you have a lightweight and a big guy, it's, it doesn't it, make much difference. It doesn't make much difference. But um, I think there's some interesting things that you can do. Um, you, you have to... I mean, my my philosophy is you you go with what got you there, and so you're not going to change up some things. But it is nice to know. And today the technology is so much better than what we used to have, you know. But uh, what what are some tendencies that your opponent likes to do? I, I don't want to necessarily study them so well that I want to try to mirror them. But you know, if they always shoot to the left, that'd be nice to know. You know, if they always stand up from the bottom, I'd like to know that. If they're a thrower, I'd like to know that. But um, I, you're working in the kid's head. Um, one of the 
great college coaches that I've had privilege of knowing said that there's two matches that happen. There's the physical match that's based on technique and physicality. At this level, most everybody's the same. But the, the other match that goes on is what goes on in the head and the heart. And that's what you're working on is preparing that kid, you know, not to fold, you know, what are they going to do in this situation? So I like to do a lot of situations in practice. The score's two to one. Here's where you're at. How, how are we going to respond to that? Um, I like to go uh, short and hard. And uh, one of the things that we started doing after AC built a pool was uh, we went swimming a lot the last two weeks. And then when I was at New Haven, um, we would go up to the Y during semi-state and state week and get a lot of time in the water because it's hard to hurt yourself there. <laughs> now, here's one of, those questions, those one of those statements that one of the coach told me is, the hay's in the barn at this point. Don't overwork them. Mm-hmm. Don't stress them. Don't let them get hurt. I mean, make sure that they do their weight management, keep in time. You just sharpen the edges on it. Don't drive them into the ground yep. at this point in the season. I mean, you don't want to risk injury. They've got to this point. Just let it kind of take it, kind of relax a little bit, but still keep enough focus on it that, you know, they, they don't lose their edge. Absolutely. One of the things, too, that happens is that um, you get these other, you get some other kids to come in the room, okay? So you put your. Your, your state finalists out there on the mat, and he's working with these other kids, but they come in fresh. You know, they're not, they're not doing weight management now. Um, and so you have to remind your state finalists, um, you know, you may not win all of these bouts. Don't let that pull you down that, you know, um, because sometimes they say, gosh, I beat this kid all during the season, and now I can't. I'm only beating him two out of three times. So you're right. You don't don't overdo it. You know, I, I had one little part of it. Uh, my senior year, I got upset. Should have been there. My workout partner ended up finishing second in the state finals. Do you know how hard it was to come back into the room that next day mm-hmm. and work with him that whole week knowing that, you know, you screwed up. Mm-hmm. But you just got to eat it and swallow it. And you come in and you work out and you make sure that they're better for that weekend. That's important because some young men, Unfortunately, uh, they pack ha- it in. Yeah, they pack it in. And uh, you, you want if you're going to develop a program, you got to have kids that are going to stick with it to the to the very end. And I think that's one of the real positives of this freshman sophomore tournament that they've developed mm-hmm. is you you're keeping a lot of those young guys. And I, I know that Belmont had a couple of them wrestle this week. Austin Christner and Isaiah Smedley, who were JV almost the entire year, got a couple of varsity matches. Uh, they both qualified for the state finals. And all of the semi-state qualifiers, Alec Mowry, Calvin, um, no, I'm trying to remember who else, Garrett Manley, uh, Isaac Freet, they're all automatic qualifiers. And even the guys who don't place but are just state qualifiers all have a chance to wrestle in that tournament at Southport uh, a week from Saturday, I believe. And that's kind of where Ike Rubel got noticed last year. He mm-hmm. came back and won that tournament, and everybody's like, you know, where was that kid? Well, he wrestled a really tough kid on Friday night and, and didn't show. And people probably thought, ah, he's not that good. Well, he come back and wins, this, wins the uh, underclassmen state the following weekend and, and kind of put himself on the map. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, talking to Tim Myers this weekend, that's what he referenced. He referenced the loss that Ike had at semi-state last year just made him angry and made him angry for a whole year. He worked a whole <laughs> year to come back to semi-state and win it. 
and not have that excuse at state. Well, if I would have won at semi-state, I could have wrestled this guy. Now he's put himself in the in the best possible position. Absolutely. So, Coach, uh, I had the privilege of being there in December when they uh, honored uh, you and everybody from Adam Central for the 50 years of Adam Central wrestling. Why don't you give us a little bit of a history lesson as to how the Adam Central program started? It's a topic that I'm not really all that well versed in. I know the story of uh, Gary Geisler and, and some of those things, but uh, the ACS program got started about 10 years after the Decatur program. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? It may not have got started ever at all. I uh, originally... I was a senior at Taylor University, and I was going to be doing student teaching. I was married at the time, and um, my, my choice school to go to was Blackford uh, because my wrestling teammate was the coach at Blackford. And uh, late in the spring, uh, my advisor called me in and said, um, um, we're not going to send you to Blackford. And uh, I was pretty ticked off. And they said, we're going to send you to Adam Central. And I said, where's that? <laughs> and uh, they said, the, the guy that you were going to work with at Blackford is, uh, th- at that time, they required you to have a, had to work with a master teacher. And, and he was leaving the school. So he said, we're going to send you to Adam Central. And I said, okay. So they told me where it was at. And um, I got assigned to Fred Hilbert, um, <laughs> the football coach, starter of that program. What a, what a gentleman. And um, when he found out that I had a wrestling background, he said, um, I want you to teach wrestling in our PE classes. And I said, okay. So we, we, we had, uh, they'd had an intramural tournament, but uh, not mounted much. And so uh, we spent time teaching. And then uh, actually, then after I left at the end of December, they had this inter- big intramural tournament. And uh, um, Mr. Hilbert uh, really wanted wrestling to complement football. So um, he talked to the, uh, to the principal, to the athletic director, to the superintendent, and uh, they thought they were going to have an opening next year, and so they, I did the application and applied. Well, when I went back to school to do my second semester, I had to t- there was a class I had an option to take, and I chose to take a, what was called an honors physical education class, and the instructor for that was Tom Jarman the wrestling coach at Taylor. And so he, he made me, this, he, this was no cakewalk, but I told him I want to design a wrestling program for a high school. It's never had it before. So he started off, he made me write down my philosophy of life. Then he made me write down my philosophy of education. Then my philosophy of coaching. And finally we got around to wrestling. But he, he helped me to kind of comprehend what it was going to take to get the pro, uh, a program started. And back then, we developed some the old reel-to-reel <laughs> video <laughs> of teaching tapes. And uh, so I went to Adam Central and got the job and was a cross-country coach and wrestling coach. So I, I started with cross-country in the fall. And uh, when that was over, um, talked to kids, and uh, we got out of quite a few kids and we started our wrestling program in the elementary gym if you can remember what that was um and sometimes we shared it with GAA girls basketball <laughs> but um uh, we got this and uh there were uh four four or five seniors who wanted you know they thought they'd like to wrestle and they're only going to get one year and uh but I, I thought it was important to have a seniors 
to give credibility to the program. And so uh, guys like Steve Mahler and Dave Wilder and uh, Mike McKean um, uh, and Dave Smith, they, they came out. And it's, this is the honest truth. If, I, if we could have had four years with those guys, they were pretty good. They, they were really pretty good. But we went to the New Haven, and we ended up finishing uh, four and four that year. We wrestled Monroe Central home and away, uh, wrestled South Adams, um, uh, Norwell, let's see, Norwell, Bluffton didn't have wrestling. Um, we wrestled Homestead, and Carroll started wrestling the same year, as, as well as Woodland. So those, that was kind of our schedule. At the end of the season, we had a tournament over at Homestead, a four-way tournament. Um, but that got us started, and I had a good group of juniors and sophomores, and uh, one of our one of our uh, juniors that year was Tom Sprunger, and Tom uh, he just loved the sport, and uh, he got real serious about it. And uh, you know, back then, you, only one guy got out of the sectional. We went to New Haven and wrestled in the old gym. This is not even there anymore, and it started on Thursday night. And then you wrestled on Saturday, and um, it was, but it was a fun experience. We actually got some kids through uh, on uh, on the Thursday night, so they could wrestle on Saturday. There was something like twenty, I don't know, twenty seven teams. It was like thirty two at one yeah, time. Thirty two. It was it was huge. You know, just incredible. And uh, I remember that Steve Rich was my one eighty five pounder, and he. He won his first match, and he had to wrestle Clarence Bullock. And Clarence was a humongous guy. Ended up getting a full-ride football scholarship to uh, Michigan State. And he put Steve in a bear hug and just <laughs> crunched him down to the mat. And uh, But those are things that my kids, those young men, now older men, they still talk about seeing that. Well, that got us started. The next year... Um, we we did better. We, I think we were seven and four or eight and four, something like that. We just kept building on it. We kept getting kids. Um, you know, there were a lot of years that we had uh, forty to fifty kids on the wrestling program, and there was only two hundred boys in the school. And I I would just say, well, some of them have to play basketball. <laughs> so, but then we started this. We, we copied all the good things I saw at Belmont, and we started an elementary program, and we got. Um, uh, fifth, um, third, fourth, and fifth graders into a wrestling, and the high school boys did the coaching, and then they'd have a tournament, and they got excited about it, but they developed this camaraderie that those little kids, you know, they wanted to be what the big kids were. We we got enough kids. We had a, um, a C team. Uh, we even had a C team tournament that had 16 teams in it. So my idea was if a kid was going to come, that he was going to get to wrestle and compete. He wasn't just going to be cannon fodder. We had Belmont to the north. I mean, that was that was a measuring stick. And we, we were fortunate to, to win some matches against them. But even in some of the losses, uh, there was it was a terrific learning lesson. And uh, I'll never forget uh, the match when uh, AC and Belmont are wrestling at Belmont. It's 3,200 people there. It was so loud during the JV match. You, you couldn't. But, but the rivalry between the two communities was astronomical. Um, the, the Bill Schultz, Tony Hyman matches. Uh, I've always said you could run everybody out of the gym before that match, and they would all pay to come back in to see that. <laughs> um, I always think it's interesting to, to hear people talk about starting programs, especially back in that era. 
one of my favorite stories uh, is from Bob Strickler, who talks about, I think he had a son who, who wrestled for Decatur High School, and he said that Gary had a, had a parent's night one night, and he brought them all in, and he said, this is wrestling. This is worth two points. This is worth one point. This is how the singlet goes on. These are where the snaps go. This is where the referee's going to stand. Uh, and just, you know, to think about starting up a brand-new sport where nobody in the community really knows it, um, it was definitely quite an undertaking, and it sounds like you had a really nice uh, mentor from from Taylor that helped you really think about the essence of, of how to start a program. You know, Barry, I, I, I broke into the lineup uh, at the Adams Central match, not the big 3200 match, but it was like the year after that or two years after that, I was back at Belmont, and there was over 2,000 people in the gym. And my first varsity match, I wrestled Jim Feaster to a 1-1 tie. <laughs> In the gym, and the place went nuts. My first match in high school as a varsity wrestler wrestled a sectional champion from the year to four. who was a senior, and I wrestled him to a one-one tie. And yeah. it's like, welcome to the big leagues, boys. Yep. The, you know, the thing about that is that the communities uh, accepted that. I mean, um, Hopkins called it the big event. Uh, because every you know if there was a school board meeting on that night, it was changed <laughs> i mean that was that was the action and uh that 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 community feeling is still there today now sometimes it wanes a little bit, you know, <clears throat> but the fact of the matter is that uh at the semi states for years and years and years and years, there would be one side that would be pretty much adams county, mm-hmm. and uh at this point. Everybody yelled for everybody as long as they were from Adams County until they had to go head to head, you know, which meant that they were probably going on. <laughs> and uh, that that was that was fun to be in that kind of a uh, kind of environment. And uh, um, I, there's been a number of my young men that have gone on to college to wrestle, and the first thing that they say is uh, a meet isn't like it was back at AC. There's no fans there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Barry, um, Dane and I talked earlier this week about what the show lineup could be, and he said, we don't need a schedule. He said, you know, we could sit and talk to Barry Humble about wrestling for three hours without a script. But uh, we do have bills to pay. We're going to take another break here as the second period is. As when on uh, close to the third period, we're going to take a break, send it back to the studio, run some ads with Steve Rouse. We'll come back and finish off with uh, more wrestling talk with Coach Barry Humble. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Forget the busy times and start thinking about leisure times. Adams Woodcrest is about enjoying retirement. With no maintenance waiting at home, you're free to do the things you've dreamed of for years. It's time to start living again. It's easy to call Adams Woodcrest your new home. For visits and tours of Adams Woodcrest Retirement Community, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur, please call 260-728-3989. Woodcrest, member Adams Health Network. Exceptional care, close to you. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 
or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. When you need auto parts and you need them now, go to O'Reilly Auto Parts on South 13th Street in Decatur across from Kroger's. O'Reilly has parts for your car, truck, van, farm, and heavy-duty equipment. Unsure of what you need? Talk with O'Reilly's parts professional, Eddie Morrison, and he'll steer you straight. O'Reilly service is second to none with six delivery drivers and five distribution centers to draw from. The right parts at the right price at O'Reilly Auto Parts in Decatur and Burn. Throwing a party? Call Adams County Tent and Party Rental to make it a very special occasion. Adams County Tent and Party Rental has free delivery on tents, tables, chairs, linens, and bounce houses for weddings, birthday parties, graduations, retirement luncheons, and business meetings. No event is too big or too small for Adams County Tent and Party Rental. Call Landon at 223-2040 or like them on Facebook. Wrestlers looking for summer work? Give Adams County Tent and Party Rental a call today. Cross Creek Golf Club, located on US 224, below the Double Eagle Restaurant Indicator, is your destination for family fun this spring. Play Cross Creek's 27 holes, now featuring an Executive 9 and a Championship 18. The Pro Shop is open from noon until 5, Tuesday through Thursday. Call Dennis today or stop in to purchase a membership with many options available. Join a league. Get your kids started playing in Cross Creek's Junior Camp. Check out the discounted 10 play passes now on sale. It's all happening at Cross Creek Golf Club in Decatur. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Worlong, Dane Filling, our special guest still with us, Coach Barry Humble, and uh, liked, really enjoyed uh, talking about all the wrestling and back in the days from the Adams County Wrestling. And uh, I know that AFA Joe is here to say that, uh, you know, those are rivalries, but I tell you what, both teams respected each other a lot. Most people don't know how good of friends AJ and I really are because they, they see what happens out there on the mat, you know. But um, I, I I'll tell you this, when, when I got the job at Southside, AJ was the first person to call me and talk about the difference between Coach in Adams County and Allen County. Mm-hmm. And when I got the job at New Haven, he was the first one to call me and and uh, I, I've always appreciated that. Always appreciated. Well, that. you knew the struggles he went through at Lures to build that team yes. from scratch. I mean, very similar to your building that team at Adam Central. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he knew the drill. He his best comment was he said, "You know, if a kid up here says they have to work, they probably do." <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rex. Let's take a look real quickly at the Friday night pairings for all uh, Adams County wrestlers. Isaac Rubel comes out as the semi-state champ. He's going to wrestle Evan Dickey from Indianapolis Cathedral, ranked number nine in the state. Uh, what I remember about Dickey is that uh, Carson Everett beat him last year in the duel that we wrestled at Cathedral. And uh, he has definitely improved this year. I saw him at Mishawaka and at Team State. He comes in at 33-7. and seven. And uh, uh, to start off Friday night at State with a match between Belmont and Cathedral <laughs> sounds like what what we need. I'm going to look him up because his father could be the state champion in from 1979, Jim Dickey, that wrestled for North Central, who in the semifinals in the 78th year before I beat him in, a, in the semis to go on. So I'll, I'm going to look him up and see if that is his dad. At 126 pound, uh, Landon Birch did not get the best draw that he could have. He draws uh, number two in the state, Ben Dalton from Monrovia, 34 and 2. Birch comes in at 42 and 1. Uh, somebody was throwing around on Indiana Matt the uh, Friday night match with the most wins combined between the two, and that's definitely up there in that category. A very difficult match for 
Birch, um, but uh, we will see how the Bluffton wrestler does there. At 138 pounds, Kyle Lawson has drawn uh, Jay Conway from Floyd Central, a sophomore who was a, a state qualifier last year, a record of 41-2, and two, ranked number three in the state. But uh, I'm hoping that uh, the most important piece of information there from Kyle's perspective is that the young man is a sophomore and Kyle is a senior. Um, I think that may play into his favor. Um, we'll just have to see. I know that Kyle would also really like revenge on uh, Mr. Logan Wagner of uh, Zionsville. Those two had a run-in last year at the Penn Invite, and uh, Kyle's been licking his chops to have another <laughs> shot at him. But uh, I know that Kyle's very focused on, on winning that first match and would really like to get his name up on the wall um, as a placer. We talked a little bit at 145 about the, the bad draws and the good draws. Uh, the, the important thing is three Adams County wrestlers in that, in that first round, and uh, I think all of them have, have good shots to move on. Yeah, and I, you know what? It, I think you need to look at it almost a different way. Everybody that I've talked to today, boy, Alex got a rough draw. I think Alex is the bad draw. I think to draw Alex Curry is a bad draw for yeah. A.J. Poindexter. If I'm A.J. Poindexter and I'm looking at the list of guys that I could draw, I, I, I think there's something about the, the knowledge that Curry has from watching Fichter and the fact that Fichter and Poindexter were so close. I think Curry's going to have confidence, and I know that uh, Tony will too. And for A.J. Dahl, it's it, tie up with him at your own risk. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if Chris Joel's listening. I don't know if he listens to the show. Maybe we shouldn't tell him what to listen for. But uh, That was a pretty move, wasn't it, Barry? I've never seen anybody feel so comfortable in a treetop position. Yes. And the sec in that uh, second match, I, I checked the clock. He was there 50 seconds. And I've told AJ that I'm going to have a whole album of pictures of him being treetopped. Either that or a, fa a hand in the face of his opponent. It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny the way that works. I may call AJ and said, he didn't pop in my head. That's a left hook. <laughs> <laughs> At 182 pounds, the most difficult quarter bracket in the entire tournament, I believe comes as a result of Joe Walker getting hurt this weekend at semi-state. That pair is number one, two, three, and six. <laughs> at 182 pounds in the top quarter bracket, Mason Winter gets the better of it. He gets Johnny Parker from Cathedral, who's no slouch. But number one versus number three at the top of that 82-pound bracket. If Mason Winter makes it to the semis for the first time in his career, he's going to earn it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I still think that there are going to be plenty of people who would benefit from writing Mason Winter on their uh, pick'em sheet mm -hmm. as, the, as the state champion at 182 pounds. And then at 195 pounds, uh, you know, we're waiting on, on the word on Caden Freet's injury. But uh, if he's good to go, a great draw. You can't ask for much more. Indiana Matt's rankings are awfully accurate. You've got the top 20 in there. If you can draw a kid who's not ranked at all in the state, that's not a that's not a bad draw for Caden. Hey Barry, what do you think of this Kale Gray kid from Norwell? Is he is he the real deal or is he just methodical? He, He's a man. His uh, one of the assistant coaches there is Brian Swineford, who I coached at New Haven and was a state finalist himself. And he he's kind of his workout partner and he, he, he's brutal. He's not flashy. He's no. not fancy. He's just, just very serious. And he knows what he, where he's supposed to be and where he's supposed to be there. And, he, yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, you're exactly right. He's not flashy, but he, he is um, aggressive and um, direct. I mean, yeah. right to the spot. 
All right, fans, we're going to take one more break, send it back to the studio for a round of messages, come back and wrap up uh, this week's edition of uh, Hager, Seppin, and Hershey's Zelt High School Wrestling Week. We'll right after these messages. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker Drywall. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur off of 224. Like us on Facebook or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers. Hey, Indiana High School wrestling fans. This is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates, and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. When it comes to excavating, the name to know is Luganville Excavating. Luganville Excavating can do total site development, dig your basement or pond, put in your septic system, even grade and install your driveway. Call today at 849-0251 or like them on Facebook. Luganville Excavating has 40 years of experience, gives free estimates, and guarantees all of their work. When it comes to the dirty work, Luganville Excavating will get her done. Give Brent a call today. Welcome back to the Haggard Stephanie Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we are live from Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rex along with Dane Filling. And still with us is our coach, Barry Humble. And Dane, we're into the overtime section uh, Quick wrap-up of uh, what's on WZBD this week and some podium pickers. And uh, we have the winner to our trivia question called in, and he is a former Coach Humble wrestler, and that's why he got the answer. And his name is Doug Mosier. And, Rex, I have the list of all the past winners the last couple weeks who haven't claimed a prize yet, and I'm going to be getting a hold of them this week to see if they're going to be at the state finals to get them their prize. We've got a couple of prizes from Cross Creek, so we'll, uh, we'll get to everybody who's been a, a prize winner the last couple of weeks. So the answer to the trivia question, we thought we had it, was Southside High School, and then when Barry gets in and off the air, we, we, he threw in another possibility. He coached at Northrop, and I remember I refereed uh, for you when you were at Northrop too. Mm-hmm. So, Rex, let's be honest. The only thing that really matters on WZBD this week is the greatest show on radio, you and AJ, Friday night, 5.30, until everything is over. I thought it was radio auction last night. Oh, well, <laughs> that is true. That's much more entertaining. That is the best comedy two hours of your life. <laughs> it, I love listening to that. It is an awful lot of fun. And then we'll be on air uh, throughout the day on Saturday. I do believe they're going to try to squeeze into Michigan and Purdue basketball game. Um, and uh, we'll have our final show, wrap-up show, uh, here live at 5 o'clock at the Double Eagle, our, our end-of-season extravaganza. Uh, <laughs> and don't forget about our show at 3.30 live from Bankers Life Fieldhouse on and Friday. That's new. That's something that's just kind of come up by the woodwork. It's going to be a simulcast along with uh, IndianaMatt.com on their Facebook live feed and Twitter and all the other media. And I heard, I heard Jim Troyer may even be on the show. Yeah, the best eight-and-a-half-finger referee in the state of Indiana. <laughs> 
talked to me the other day, and he said that uh, he's going to try and make it up, but it all depends how weigh-ins go. So uh, Jimmy's working. Jimmy's in his 49th season of refereeing. He needs one more to go to top it out at 50. So uh, once again, thanks to uh, all the people that have helped bring this show. Thanks for Coach Humble for being on. We really enjoyed the talk. And uh, like we said, we could talk for hours about wrestling, uh, but we get an hour on the, on the air of WZBD each week, and we, we appreciate our uh, station owner that uh, allowed this new show to take place. But uh, once again, get out there and see the, visit those sponsors that help bring you wrestling on the radio along with this wrestling talk show. And until next, this Friday night, or 345, we'll go on the air for our pre, pre-match show, and then we'll have the uh, live for the uh, first-rounders that night. So once again, tune in uh, Friday night. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.